0: All right, let's talk about some of today's biggest issues and to help us with that, Mark Tuohy joins us, advisor to business and political leaders. Good morning, Mark Tuohy. Good morning, John Moore. Okay, so we got uh, 43 people running for mayor. Anthony Peruz, city councilor, is the latest. I figured you're the perfect guy to comment on this. Why does somebody run for mayor when they're not going to win? It's not like if you run for the leadership of a party, at least you can get to be a cabinet minister.
1: Uh, they all think they can win. That's the thing that I learned from Rob Ford, which was his uh, secret weapon on how he had planned to talk uh, city councillors into giving, you know, uh, reducing their size of council because he pointed out to me, all politicians always think that they're going to win uh, because you convince yourself that it's possible. So Anthony Peruzza is looking at the math thinking there's 43 people, they split the vote evenly, I need 17 people to vote for me, and I'm the mayor of Toronto. <laughs> (laughs) And so it could happen for me as easily as it could happen for anybody else. Uh, Plus, it raises their profile. It is very hard as a city councillor in Toronto or any city, quite frankly, uh, to get people talking about you. There are so many advantages in the system as an incumbent to sort of get your name out with newsletters. But to get media attention in Canada's media capital is almost impossible for a ward councillor unless you're appointed by the mayor to a chairmanship of a major committee or... You're running for mayor. So, this helps him win his next re election bid as a city councilor by running for mayor and having us talk about him on the radio because there's, you know, we didn't talk about him yesterday. Right. You're absolutely right. Um, So, yesterday, I don't know if you were noticing this, but boy,
0: did things intensify and from multiple angles in the municipal race. One was candidates attacking each other. But the other thing that has been happening over the last little while is there are a combination of especially Twitter accounts. There are some that are fact-checking people and going after different candidates. Others are posting fake social media. So, I mean, this is, uh, what would one say, an intensification of something that we've seen in previous campaigns, but it's the new normal that you don't know what's real and what isn't.
1: Yeah, and I would uh, say I don't think anybody out there is fact-checking anybody out there. They're all attacking somebody for some hidden reason. And so that's the challenge with uh, our democratic system and third-party advertisers who, in theory, are not affiliated with any of the candidates. In practice, they're all leaning, uh, you know, they're all trying to support somebody by attacking the others. And they cannot, if they if I start a third-party campaign and, you know, I want Anna Bailao to win, and I go out and I start running ads or Twitter uh, things saying, Anna Bailao is, is, the, is the best and she should be the mayor of Toronto, they have to count that as a campaign expense. But if I attack all of her opposition, she doesn't have to count that as a campaign expense. So that was a backdoor technique that the unions figured out years ago in Ontario. Uh, they brought in third-party advertising limits to sort of say, okay, even if you're attacking a candidate, then we are going to put a limit on the amount of money you can spend. The challenge is on social media, it's unenforceable. And it's cheap to run ads to, uh, to attack people on social media. And most of them you don't have to pay for even if you if you wanted to, because they become viral if they're good and people share them uh, at no expense. So it's, it's a scourge, quite frankly. Do you have
0: any insights into why the provincial government would dismiss the chair of the Peel Police Board? I mean, honestly, I have zero intelligence on this because I don't even know what the stakes are.
1: I do not. Uh, I don't know the man. Uh, You know, I've read about him. Uh, He's clearly, you know, a conservative, uh, you know, from the conservative fold. People are appointed to these jobs through orders and counsel. So you apply for them uh, on the government's uh, public public appointment secretariat uh, website. Anybody can apply to them. Uh, There's sort of a normal hiring process that goes through. And then the paintbrush of politics is applied sort of at some point because the government wants people that it, trusts to do the work that the government wants done. So they end up being patronage appointments. But clearly uh, this person who was just recently reappointed through that process has for some reason fallen out of favor with the government, or the government has decided to change direction. They need to say something about it because failing that, we will all start to suppose why he might have fallen out of favor, and that's not going to be good for this person's character. Uh, He probably will be leading the charge to get people to you know either talk about or or you know why why he was let go so that it doesn't disparage him or disappear completely off the face of the map if there's another shoe coming
0: based on your time at city hall you may have some insight into the introduction of longer wait times on the TTC i have to think this is one of those things where you sort of gamble like okay we're going to space the trains 90 seconds further apart let's see if that affects ridership, yeah. affects ridership.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. It's a very complicated math, but the TTC, you know, has long been, like many transit agencies, but even more so, I think, in Toronto, fighting with both hands tied behind its back. We expect the Toronto Transit Commission to both be a public transit system and a social welfare agency. Mm -hmm. And the, (coughs) excuse me, because they're... The best answer for the TTC is let them charge the full cost. You know, if you recovered from riders the full cost of a fare, you know, it costs about five bucks for a person getting on a a transit vehicle to go wherever they want to go. We charge them $3. The taxpayer makes up the $2. We don't have enough, even at that rate, of people getting on now post COVID because people just aren't behaving the way they used to pre COVID. They're not working where they used to. They're not making the trips that they used to. So it's a lose lose situation for transit. The only real long-term sustainable way out of this is to sort of say it costs five bucks you're going to pay five bucks and if you can't afford it then we'll have the existing social service network subsidize you and and let the managers of the ttc sink or swim be held accountable for delivering a service at a price that they can pay for at the cost that they charge
0: Um, The
1: Trudeau Foundation, yesterday
0: I was reading in La Presse, because they seem to be leading the charge, what it is that is undoing that organization and why people resigned? But I guess the question for a lot of Canadians who don't have the time to dig into what's going on at that foundation is, what level of scandal are we
1: at? Uh, this just keeps getting worse, and because it is attached to the name Trudeau, this is not good for the prime minister. It's just yet another, uh, you know, scandal that has the label ethics and integrity uh, affronted to it. That is attached. Permanently to his family's name, whether he's done anything wrong or not, it doesn't really matter. Just It's another lodestone around his neck. And it's complicated, and this it's so many media outlets now finding new pieces of information. This is not one newspaper attacking the Trudeau Foundation. This is not a political party or opposition parties ganging up on the liberals. This is something that has its own flame now and it's going to continue to burn until somebody puts it out in the meantime it's a trudeau problem i I would offer that maybe it's just time we
0: stop establishing with tax dollars foundations for governors general and ex-prime ministers
1: Yeah, well, you know, it uh, didn't work well out. Didn't work out well for Dundas, so I'm not sure. You know, everything you put somebody's name on it, if they're a politician, there's going to be a lot of people who don't like them, and that's not going to end well in the long run. Thank you, sir. Good to have you this morning. morning. Take care, John.
0: Mark Tui is a former, well, not a former, he's a present advisor to business and political leaders, but he's also the former chief staff to the mayor of Toronto, which I think brings a lot of focus to some of the stuff that we were talking about. It's a test tube Thursday coming up in the next half hour. Dan Riskin is going to be here to talk about, amongst other things, how you can create a memory that never actually happened.